This is Profiles in Risk. Hosted by Nick Lamparelli. Every week, we interview those who risk life, limb, fortunes, career, and reputation, and those who work behind the scenes who look to protect and enlighten us about risk. You can find the show notes and other insurance-related content at insnerds.com. That's I-N-S-N-E-R-D-S dot com. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Profiles in Risk. I am your host, Nick Lamparelli. Uh, very pleased, you can see in the panel, I have uh, two for one today. I'm very pleased to introduce Derek, uh, Derek Lovrenich, right? Yep, you did it. And Phil Duncan. Derek is the founder of Insure Echo and the founder CEO of Policy Spot. And Phil is the uh, ambassador, sort of like the broker of Insure Echo as well. And they're here to talk about Insure Echo and uh, also another presenter at the SVIA blockchain conference on January 29th in Palo Alto, California. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too as well. Uh, let's kick it right off. Uh, Insure Echo. Uh, as I was going through the LinkedIn profile, it was really uh, broad in yes. what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So Derek, what is Insure Echo? Sure. Well, when you have a big idea, you try to make it as vague as possible, right? So you can keep it <laughs> as big as possible for as long as you can. Uh, but in, in a nutshell, InsureEco is a blockchain-enabled end-to-end insurance distribution ecosystem. So it's based on technology, but it's also uh, based on human participation as well. So it's kind of the, the blend of both of those. And it's uh, it's it's been a long time coming in the industry. This mm-hmm. these type of ecosystems exist in other industries, and um, it's it's about time that we get one for insurance. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, I'll throw it out to either one of you. Uh, sure. Insure Echo. Well, why was it started? Um, you know, it's it is a long time in coming. So why was it started, and what took so long? Sure, sure. Uh, I'll jump on that one. Uh, the, the first, we've been building Raiders uh, probably since 2002, 2003. So from a software side, we understand the insurance sales distribution. We understand that. And it really was unfortunate that there weren't more integrations. And we found that simplifying the integration process and taking that from being maybe a $250,000 number that most larger organizations are looking at. We wanted to bring that down and make make just integrating with everyone's products easier and integrating with everyone's data easier. It just shouldn't be as hard as it is. And then second, also, it shouldn't be as hard as it is, as we all know, taking a new product to market is extremely difficult to create that trust factor from reinsurance all the way down to a retail agent. You know, whose agent is it? Where's the book? All that good stuff. And then the affordability of InsureTech. Um, when you've been doing it as long as we have, we've built building blocks that allow us to uh, stand up, you know, programs very, very quickly. So it's not all brand new and custom. And so a lot of these technologies, really, if you think about them properly and you execute them well, they shouldn't cost as much as they do. Uh, And so we really wanted to basically, you know, simplify integrations, deliver products to market faster 
and then provide InsureTech at an affordable price to every member in that value chain. Yeah, so blockchain, when I think of it, I think of, uh, of course, it, it, didn't, it took me a while to get over the Bitcoin thing. Yeah. Uh, I always kind of made that synonymous. And I think most people that are probably listening to this, I think I've done enough on blockchain that I've been able to separate those two yeah. out. So when I think of blockchain, I think of two things, trust and distributed whatever. Uh, how do you think of it? What, from, from an insurance standpoint, how have you gone about uh, managing the technology and how do you guys think of blockchain? Sure, sure. Phil, do you want to? Yeah, take, I'll start. Like, yeah. So we feel that um, what blockchain is really doing is it's giving the, the data back to the, the real owner, which is you and I as uh, the consumer. And um, that, that uh, ownership of that data is kind of what, um, what the insurance world is, is afraid of. They're, they're, they make money off of data. They, they um, make money off of risk. They have their own you know, particular underwriting guidelines that are proprietary. And uh, insurance agents themselves, they take in customer data. They, um, from a marketing, they take in a lead. They take a lead, ends up becoming a quote. A quote ends up becoming a policy. And that, that control of that data is... is um, a competitive, competitive advantage for most of the people that we deal with. They yeah. look at that as, as that's their data and that's the, the security. And when we talk to them about exposing that or putting, like you said, the power yeah. back, they're like, oh my goodness, you're getting, you're getting rid of all of my advantages. Why would I do that? Yeah. yeah, completely. It's like, that's uh, my property. Why yeah. would I want to share it with my competitors? Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, so to us, that blockchain, like we see that, you know, um, as insurance is transforming as, as new, um, new uh, emerging technology starts um, affecting underwriting. You know, in, you, go, you move from a model of, of past data, like claims data, to actually predicting risk instead of looking back at risk and, and, and quantifying it. That, that's kind of uh, where we see the next generation of insurance companies going to be, that they're, they're no longer looking at historical data they're looking at real time data, data like yeah. real time data. They, they they can tell when their client is skydiving. They can they can go a real time look up and see their Instagram of them smoking a cigarette, and the life insurer is like, "Hey, you told me you didn't smoke." And I think it's 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 that 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 promise of them being able to see that data, not know where that data is. It's kind of given blockchain that internet bacon appeal where if you just add blockchain, it'll be better and nobody really understands it. But mm -hmm. with blockchain, it's better. And we saw it like in the stock market, we've seen it happen. And I think we're backing off of that. And I, and I think so that that's another piece. And then fear of change is a really, I mean, that's just our industry has been notorious for fearing change. Yeah. Um, so the, those are kind of the, I think it's, it's, it's strumming all those heartstrings of insurance. And, and that's why it's such a controversial, it's a tool that no one understands really. Yeah. So if, uh, you know, I think of like telematics where there's mm -hmm. going to be a voluminous amount of data, uh, 24, seven, 365 data, mm -hmm. just like streaming in trucks are driving all over the place. Cars are driving all over the place. So from a distributed standpoint, where, where is, where's that data going? How, mm -hmm. how can someone that wants to implement blockchain technology know that it's not being shared with their competitors, that it's being, 
you know, housed or protected in such a way that it's not uh, leaking out where competitors can use it in, uh, against them. Yeah, and that's been like as to date, you know, blockchains getting hacked and, and the security of storing your data in blockchains, that's been one of its primary, like that's its major point for utilizing the technology because it's so safe and secure that way. Um, but it really boils down to how you architect it into your overall strategy to make it useful. Do you want to be trendy or do you want to be actual practical? And I think that's the line that we try to draw in the sand is if you want to go build your own, you know, blockchain just to say that you did it because your C-level executive said that's what he wants to show as investor. That's one thing, right? And we, we try to stay away from those just to get into blockchain, to get into blockchain. There is a real usage for it. And, and we feel that just kind of everybody spending a lot of money and jumping into that hype, it's, it, it, mm. to that, to that too, is, is that with all this data that's going to be floating around there, like you should know what's happening with it as a consumer, like you should know if your data, first of all, we don't really know how insurance companies come up with rates. It's like, what my, I, I haven't had a claim in five years. How come my auto insurance went up? And that kind of creates a distrust between the consumer and, and their insurance agent and the insurance company. And, and when you as a consumer start to know what's, what your data is being used for, you're now kind of involved in the, in that process. And, and, and we feel that, you know, I should know why my date of birth is being used. You know, I, first I, I want to know that you're using my date of birth to determine a rate. And then I want to know why you're using it. And, and, and in this new future where real time data is coming and going, as long as I, ha I give you permission, Mr. or Mrs. Insurance company to use it, I'm okay with it, but I just don't want you using my information willy nilly without my permission. And that's kind of how we see it is, is giving that control of who access it, when they access it why? and why it's being used. That's, that's going to be a big value to these consumers, especially with um, kind of what's, you know, we have a joke, you know, it's like, don't be a zucker. And you know, that's, <laughs> it's, people are not going to be, uh, People are not going to be really happy with where, yeah. once they learn where you're sending claims data to where you're sending these, you know, to have machine learning, like all of that needs to essentially at some point, we've just kind of heard the winds of change in the regulatory bodies. Like at yeah. some point, insure techs are going to be regulated at some point, this is going to happen. And blockchain really gives us an, an advantage to get out in front of that wave first and, and be able to just solve it in a, in a way that works for everyone. And, yeah. and like that doesn't allow things to be hacked and doesn't allow your secrets to be pushed around because that's ultimately what you don't want. And when that's baked into the fabric of the technology at the beginning, you're safe. Yeah. Uh, how about low hanging fruit? Like for use cases uh, to me, claims seem like a really interesting area. You know, when I, when I ask for loss runs, yeah, right. I, I'm getting, uh, PDFs, Excel files, I'm getting them from separate companies, uh, gaps in years, claims seems like a really interesting area to kind of wrap that all up. Certificates of insurance. I had, that, yeah. I had a conversation with Thomas Jennings, who's also presenting at the SVIA blockchain conference. And we talked about certificates of insurance. What a disaster no. that is. 
You know, could you talk about like a low hanging fruit use cases where you think the industry itself, the ecosystem is going to get immediate payoff benefit from that? So we already are utilizing our policy blockchain to store claim data, but it's claim data and loss runs data. That's then it's the ownership of the insured at this stage in the game where we're at in our development process. But we are building what we hope to be the largest blockchain based repository of claim data. And we're going to showcase some of that when we get uh, in our presentation as one of the case studies. Uh, and then the second you know, side of, from, from like you were saying, the claims, we kind of see claims as a little bit of the trendy usage of blockchain, just because when I say trendy, I'm, I'm thinking more along those lines of what I need to do to my, like we always use, an, if you're going to rebuild a house, would you just blow out the kitchen and all the bedrooms and everything and tear it down to studs and redo it? Or would you want to go room by room and rebuild it so you can still live in it? And that's, I think, what the strategy part of what our, our talk's going to be is identifying your low-hanging fruit might be low-hanging fruit. What might be low-hanging fruit for you might be different for someone else, right? But we, we use a, a, another analogy here where it's uh, insurance is like a, a spaghetti, a dish of spaghetti. All over, I mean, my brothers, we fight over whose spaghetti is like, you can't say it's the same. It's, it's totally different. So uh, if you go to New York, you're going to get one flavor. You go to LA, you might get a different flavor, right? So it's the same with insurance. So where blockchain, whether you're coming at it, you want to be a trendy side where you want the claims, you want automated accounting, you want to have automatic payment of claims, you want that, or do you want to go to a little more practical side where you're looking at maybe capacity or maybe you're looking at data enrichment or maybe utilizing it as your integration platform where you can have all of your vendors tie into one place to store all of your data. That can be achieved very, very easily at a very low cost. And the amount of advantage that your tech team can have with that centralized repository of data, that's huge. Um, and then and then you're already kind of going down that strategy. So to us, those are those low-hanging low you know, fruits I would say is, is the claims and accounting, obviously. And then from a practical side, the data enrichment and then uh, integrations. Yeah. Do that do that too is the um, like standardization yeah. of data. You have like right five or six different major management systems, but there's probably another hundred out there. Right. And, or more, a yeah. thousand now. And then <laughs> so you have all these different agency management systems. You have all these carrier platforms. You have, uh, 600 different websites that you log in online raiders and everything's you're, you're just all over the place. 17,000 passwords to remember is not fun. Uh, like I get pissed off, you know, when they make me change my password every 30 days yeah, yeah. and it's, it's frustrating. So uh, a, a real low hanging place for me in blockchain is, is, is creating uh, a, an insured biography that kind of speaks to all these systems uh, and, and it's authenticated through like, you know, smart contracts with permission base. We're working with a blockchain company called doc.io and they have a complete, you know, blockchain solution where we're allowing single sign on. So you can sign up for their information protection services and then push that data into our applications. So those are some of the steps that like low hanging fruit. Once you team up with some of these technologies that are already out there and you go, you have a blockchain strategy. Yep. These doors open up and allow these things for you that may have been expensive in the past, but now it's through blockchain and through open APIs and all that. It's a lot, it's a lot cheaper. And, and, and with that, like it's now you've created one kind of profile that stays with you 
as, as you, like, I think that's kind of the real low hanging fruit is, is having a, a, where I don't have to fill out an app, an insurance application every single year. That data should just grow with me. And then I have a, a ledger that follows me just like, you know, you and I have a credit score that follows us in every account that we've done. There should be something like that, you know, for insurance. And that's to us is a low hanging fruit. You know, yeah, I, I, I was, I was hoping we would go in that direction, quite frankly, you know, when I started to really understand what blockchain could do, you know, I was thinking of myself as the individual. And so I have a history that history should be, I don't know, it should be in a flash drive or something that it's available. That, you know, <laughs> it should, it should, but it should be available to me in a way that makes it valuable. So right. I, I theoretically shouldn't have to fill out an insurance application. I should theoretically be able to share that information with particular parties and have them bid on yeah. my loss history. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. It's, it's there and I can share it specifically with them and only they can see it and it can, yeah. I don't know how the technology works, but it's makes their way through their raters and they bid on my business without That's me having to fill out PDFs. Yeah. Yep. And that's, and that's, that's, you, you start, when you start really going into those, you, you open up the cryptocurrency can of worms. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly where it's going to go. Yeah. So the, like that, that's uh, when I was uh, interviewing Thomas Jennings, uh, we were talking about, you know, I, I think, I think we're just scratching the surface. I think there's, there's a creativity part, uh, an innovation part of blockchain that hasn't even been tapped in yet because we, haven't we're still we're still kind of dealing with how do we initially implement this what's the low-hanging fruit and not thinking about all of the ramifications as you begin to solve these small pockets of problems and then stitch them together all of a sudden it's like we can use this for this we can solve this things we haven't even thought about yet yeah and that's really what trips us up in our side is is we go to clients and we see clients and they're like hey just take a breath you know, we can, we're like, oh, and then you can do this, and then you can do this, and once you have all your data here, we, you know, we get really excited and passionate about it. But um, I, I think, you know, from the crypto side, it 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 it's it's intriguing, but it's still got a little bit of a bad taste in its mouth. But really, if you're gonna, there's so much money moving around in insurance that a lot of the the crypto solutions that are currently out there solve for less fees. So you know, transferring money. A lot of these types of payment solutions are going to be made over the next few years cheaper. And the end customer doesn't even need to know that they're actually using a cryptocurrency, right? It'll all be low level stuff. So as the utility tokens come out for, you know, like the casino chip kind of, um, you know, in, in as crypto gets, there'll be insurance casino chips, uh, and, and we'll see that vendors can get paid by them and that. And then, and then I think that, the real, the, like we're talking next next level stuff, but what we're excited about is if you can tokenize the actual risk itself and you can tokenize, tokenize the capitalization of that, of that risk um, for surplus and for other things, you can begin to take underwriting profits even and tokenize that and then create an exchange where you can buy in. Now that's getting into some pretty uh, SEC stuff that we're not, you know, obviously this is all experimental, just theoretical stuff, but it's what could we do now that we have all these books of business? What if we had, you know, uh, 700 agents with their entire books of business flowing through this blockchain enabled piece where you can see all the way down to every claim and the history is all there at some point, you know, you might want to invest in it and you might want to do that. So 
So I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but you started to get me excited a little bit because there are very subtle incentivizations, incentivizations, yeah. yeah. however, however we're going to define that word right. where small things like um, I live in a wood frame house, right? Right. What if I could get paid for that information yep. in a yep. token? Yep. Right. Right. Like seriously. Or what if um, I could get paid a token for looking across the street at my neighbor's house Mm -hmm. and adding to the verification or the accuracy saying, well, that's a white wood frame home, two stories or whatever. Um, There's these minor subtle things where it's just like, it's not a dollar payment to you. It's Mm -hmm. uh, we're incentivizing uh, a particular alignment of interests Correct. And, and kind of doing work and getting people paid in a certain way where it's like we don't have to deal with minimum wage laws or yeah, you know, stuff like it, that. Like it, well, it's a rabbit hole. It, I know, but it, well, it's, it it, makes, it's hard. It's hard not to like start to start to imagine like yeah. we could do a whole bunch of different things that no one's even thought of doing because we didn't yeah. have any actual means yeah. of doing it. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that we would just pick up, get into strangers' cars uh, that we meet off of a telephone? Yeah. We don't know them. It, it, don't, it don't even get me started with going, sleeping in a stranger's house or having yeah. a stranger sleep in your house. Yeah. Like, how so, did anyone think that could ever be a successful business model? No. And yet it worked. So, and yet it worked. And it, and, it, and it revolutionized the way business is being conducted today. And a yeah. whole generation of people are growing up expecting business to be done. I just saw an ad for... Um, rental cars where you can do rental cars, you know, person to person as well. So there that goes. Like, why would I want to stand in line and get hassled by a rental car desk when I can just have somebody pick me up from the airport and give me the keys? Like, it's just, there's so many things out there. And I think insurance is going to need to understand. And I think they are, we are, we're, we're seeing a lot of efforts out there, but I think a lot of the efforts are being maybe put in, in the, the top down approach as opposed to the bottom up approach. So as opposed to creating advantages and, you know, the windfall to the actual insured and, and the windfall to the agent and not just showing an an insurance carrier, how they can make more money on their book, you know, or their risk, I think, or or how they can be claims like they, they, it's always starting there. But I think if the, if you start looking from the bottom up, and you bring that blockchain, it's really, that's, that's the, it's, it's, it's for the people. It's for the common. It's, it's that, that was when it was, when it was released, that was its, its narrative, so to speak. Um, so we ha- we can't implement it at the top level down. It just, it, it won't work. It, it needs to be implemented to where it's going to be a real benefit to you and me. And like you're saying, you're going to be able to get rewarded for about like, think of how that would, the inspections, if you could get everybody's neighbor to make sure that they're not leaving a tarp off the top of the roof or something like that, that would just be completely you know, like it's, yeah, it's, no. weird. it's going to cut the overall cost down. We just have to figure out how the regulators can feel good with it. And I think that's going to be the main jump when we to, talk about crypto to that too. It, it it's going to rebuild trust in a, in a environment that's kind of, I, we, we saw a survey where like oh, insurance yeah. agents are less trusted than used car salesmen. Yeah. Like, it's the, it's, we're pretty insurance professionals. Aren't the most um, valuable advisors in many cases, just to the nature. So this actually brings um, it brings the customer to be part of the, the, the process, the insurance process. They're pr- part of the um, you know, the, 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 
the actuary, the studies that they're using to determine rates, when I'm participating on it and I'm giving you my data, my wood frame house, you, you want to you survey me while I'm your customer, that's a good thing. And I'm going to get rewarded to, to do that. Yep. Makes, it, it engages me. It brings me part of the process. Like, why wouldn't I want to buy an insurance policy where I help contribute to the, you know, to the formation yeah, of the rate? Yeah, like, completely. Love it. Um, because at the end of the day, whose data is it? And so yep. you can make a case that there's multiple ownership depending on who worked to get yeah. it, but there's now a, a potential mechanism to reward, yeah. incentivize yep. the actual owner of and, it, you know, in, in a way that just hasn't been, been able to be done before. And, and, and then it's going to augment existing methods of referrals, let's say, from you look at like a retail agent that gets a lead in or, or somebody comes in their store and they can't really, in, they can't place it. So they just let it die. There's so many of, of those that happen that if they were to be able to know they could send it out to a blockchain market and they were to be able to see whether it got sold or not, or they could, they could offer products and they can make sure they're getting their commission. Like there's some things that we've been doing within agencies just showing that blockchain will keep referral business even internally between one department and the other department yeah. that that just allows that trust to open up and you had two departments who are fighting and competing now are, are are they're competing in a in a more pro like productive i would say positive scenario sure. where they don't feel like they're getting and, you know, that's, that's it. so that's, that's, it's going to help the new ones like you're saying, where it's going to create all like things that we never could even imagine. And then it's going to take the existing problems that we have. And just because trust is now there, um, it's going to be a little bit smoother sailing internally also. There's like insurance, right? It's broken into two big world, like really three worlds, but two worlds. It's like you have the life, health and accident world. And then you have the property and casualty world. And, and what I really see blockchain really doing is it's, it's, it's bringing those two worlds together where now you become a real risk manager instead of just a, like a, a shopping companion. Like we've been brainwashed to just shop the cheapest insurance. And that's not really the job of, a, of an insurance professional. Their job is to assess risk for their customer, find the right insurance company, the right coverage and transfer the risk to that coverage and it's not always the cheapest premium that's the best solution for the customer. And when you have a trusted life insurance agent working in conjunction with an expert property and casualty agent, and they're all working off the same set of information, that's only going to benefit the end, you and I, the people that buy insurance. Yep. And that's, we, we call that term kind of like insurance singularity. It's like insurance pros move away from like getting the cheapest insurance to, to really be in like your best friend, trusted insurance advisor. And, and that's, that's kind of a future that we were embracing and we hope. <laughs> yeah. So things, things that I've learned, Zuckered, mm -hmm. insurance is like spaghetti, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And what'd you say? Singularity? Insurtech yeah. singularity. Insurtech singularity. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, January 29th, the yep. Silicon Valley Insurance Accelerator. It's a single-day blockchain conference. What's the presentation on? What's the title? What are you going to be talking about? Absolutely. Um, we're going to be focusing on strategy. So it's blockchain strategy, how to... 
Uh, we want you to, I mean, you're going to get told at the beginning of the day all about what are the great things, how smart contracts work. We want to look at it from you're a you're a, an insurance company executive or you're an agency owner, whatever that may be, and or you're the tech side of it. How do you get started, right? What what's the practical? So we're going to show uh, some some examples of what we've done from a general liability standpoint. We're going to show some examples that we're doing from a property standpoint, and we're going to show some examples that we're doing um, with an equine product as well. So that way we can kind of see all three, and then we're going to have some worksheets um, that you can use blockchain. Like, are we going to go down as a competitive advantage? Do you want blockchain to be your competitive advantage, or do you want it to be uh, something behind the scenes that you're going to want to maybe bring out later. So we're going to try and help you really work through how do you start using blockchain um, and, and then get that strategy so you can go back and say, this is where we need blockchain. This is how we can start because, at the, you know, knowledge turns into strategy, strategy then turns into action. So we feel that there's been enough talk about blockchain. Folks should really understand it. We're seeing people actually use it, and we're not saying it's you know the big guys. We're seeing little guys even start adopting some of it, so mm-hmm. we can know where that's happening. And hopefully, from seeing how your peers are using it, you'd be able to take it yourself. Yep. So January 29th, Palo Alto, California. The link is down here. Go to the show notes. You can get 30% off. If you register using the Insurance Nerds registration link, uh, Derek Lovernich and Phil Duncan of Insure Echo, thank you so much. Hopefully, everyone that's listening, register. You can meet them there and let's talk. Yeah, let's stop just talking about blockchain. Let's start implementing it. Yes, right there. I, w- I was going to ask you to stand up. What's your blockchain plan? There you go. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Hey, guys, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you both. Look forward to seeing you. Okay.